Huntington Hotel in sunny Southern California. And with me to share and commiserate is my awesome co-host, Valerie Garcia. How are you? Hey, Philip. Whoa, uh, my dog says hi. Hey, Philip. Uh, I'm okay, you know. We're hanging in there day by day. It's like, what is, is today like a T minus four days or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's the... I don't know. We're right in the middle from um, the announcement that has called us here today. Yeah, we thought it was so appropriate to jump on and have an emergency podcast to talk about Roger Federer's retirement. He announced his retirement on September the 15th via Twitter and most social media. I thought it was interesting that he did it in an audio format with a picture of himself rather than a video format. And there was a lot of speculation about that. But it came out uh, September 15th at 6 a.m., 6.18 a.m. here in Southern California. So I guess that means it was kind of, uh, what time was it in Switzerland? No, I think they're, I thought they're nine hours ahead. Well, I mean, like uh, the UK is like nine hours ahead. And so I, I would think that Switzerland would be, I don't know, 10 maybe ahead yeah um i'm surprised it was 6 a.m because i was in indiana oh he must have done it somewhere else besides instagram first or instagram took a long time to alert me because i got an alert like roger federer posted and i clicked on it and i it was oh i'm so silly yeah it was like 9 (laughs) a.m which is 6 a.m southern california time i'm silly Okay, so here it is. 6 a.m. in California is 3 p.m. in Switzerland. So he announced it at 3 p.m. on the same day and shocked the world. Uh, I got so many texts and um, you know messages on Instagram because everybody knows I post a ton of Roger Federer stuff on all of my socials and Everyone, even people who, you know, could care less about tennis said, are you okay? (laughs) And were checking in with me. How was it for you, Valerie? I mean, it was pretty much the same, you know, people who don't even know anything about tennis, but associate, you know, Roger with me. So heard the news and said, are you okay? You know, like just checking in. And it really speaks to his worldwide influence. Don't you think that everybody heard and it was on so many uh, media broadcasts. Uh, He's now on like hundreds of covers of magazines that he's retiring. Um, I just saw that uh, Savannah is going to do an exclusive interview on NBC with Roger uh, next week. So, you know, there's so much that's happening And this in light of the fact that, you know, the Labor Cup is happening next week. And he announced that that would be his final ATP event. And Valerie Garcia, you will be there. I mean, God willing that (laughs) nothing happens strange to keep me from going. I do have a plane ticket and I do have a ticket to the match. So I, uh, you know... I really, I really hope that no strange shenanigans happen that keep me from that. But yeah, I, I do. I have the golden ticket, Philip. 
That's incredible. I'm well, going to the Willy Wonka factory. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's listen to Roger. I feel like it's so appropriate that we play in entirety his retirement uh, message to everyone, and then we'll come back and talk about the Labor Cup and your experience. To my tennis family and beyond. Of all the gifts that tennis has given me over the years, the greatest, without a doubt, has been the people I've met along the way. My friends, my competitors, and most of all, the fans who give the sport its life. Today, I want to share some news with all of you. As many of you know, the past three years have presented me with challenges in the form of injuries and surgeries. I've worked hard to return to full competitive form, but I also know my body's capacities and limits and its message to me lately has been clear. I am 41 years old. I've played more than 1,500 matches over 24 years. Tennis has treated me more generously than I ever would have dreamt. And now I must recognize when it is time to end my competitive career. The Labor Cup next week in London will be my final ATP event. I will play more tennis in the future, of course, but just not in Grand Slams or on the tour. This is a bittersweet decision because I will miss everything the tour has given me. But at the same time, there is so much to celebrate. I consider myself one of the most fortunate people on earth. I was given a special talent to play tennis and I did it at a level that I never imagined for much longer than I ever thought possible. I would like to especially thank my amazing wife Mirka, who has lived through every minute with me. She has warmed me up before finals, watched countless matches even while over eight months pregnant and has endured my goofy side on the road with my team for over 20 years. I also want to thank my four wonderful children for supporting me, always eager to explore new places and creating wonderful memories along the way. Seeing my family cheering me on from the stands is a feeling I will cherish forever. I would also like to thank and recognize my loving parents, my dear sister, without whom nothing would be possible. A big thank you to all my former coaches who always guided me in the right direction. You have been wonderful. And to Swiss Tennis, who believed in me as a young player and gave me an ideal start. I really want to thank and acknowledge my amazing team, Ivan, Danny, Roland, and particularly Seve and Pierre, who have given me the best advice and have always been there for me. Also, Tony, for creatively managing my business for over 17 years. You are all incredible, and I've loved every minute with you. I want to thank my loyal sponsors, who are really like partners to me, and the hardworking teams and tournaments on the ATP Tour, who consistently welcomed all of us with kindness and hospitality. I would also like to thank my competitors on the court. I was lucky enough to play so many epic matches that I will never forget. We battled fairly, with passion and intensity, and I always tried my best to respect the history of the game. I feel extremely grateful. We pushed each other, and together we took tennis to new levels. Above all, I must offer a special thank you to my unbelievable fans. You will never know how much strength and belief you have given me. The inspiring feeling of walking into full stadiums and arenas has been one of the huge thrills in my life. Without you, those successes would have felt lonely, rather than filled with joy and energy. The last 24 years on tour have been an incredible adventure. While it sometimes feels like it went by in 24 hours, it has also been so deep and magical that it seems as if I've already lived a full lifetime. I've had the immense fortune to play in front of you in over 40 different countries. I have laughed and cried, felt joy and pain, 
and most of all, I have felt incredibly alive. Through my travels, I've met many wonderful people who will remain friends for life, who consistently took time out of their busy schedules to come and watch me play and cheer me on around the globe. Thank you. When my love of tennis started, I was a ball kid in my hometown of Basel. I used to watch the players with a sense of wonder. They were like giants to me, and I began to dream. My dreams led me to work harder, and I started to believe in myself. Some success brought me confidence, and I was on my way to the most amazing journey that has led to this day. So I want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart to everyone around the world who has helped make the dreams of a young Swiss ball kid come true. Finally, to the game of tennis, I love you and will never leave you. So there you have it, Roger talking about his uh, amazing retirement. He is 41 years old. He will be at the Labor Cup, and our very own Valerie Garcia will be there as well. Valerie, of course, you bought the tickets before you even knew he was going to retire, before anyone knew. What's going through your mind? Well, I honestly, my life has been so busy. I haven't even had time to like think about or be that excited. Um, I've, I'm on a one day at a time type of thing. Everyone's like, how excited? Are you so excited? I'm like, no, like I'm honestly, I can't even think about next Friday. <laughs> like right now I have uh, a lot going on in life and work that I'm just like, today is the day that I'm focused on. So, but when I get there, you know, you better believe I am, I am going all out, you know, I'll be there as early as I can stand and wait and I'll wait till they kick me out of the grounds, you know, <laughs> Right. For anyone who doesn't know, the Labor Cup is it's three days. It's a three-day tournament. Um, and so it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And by the time I decided I was going to go, there were only tickets left for Friday. Um, and so, and there was only like 18 tickets left. So I was like, oh, okay, you know. Um, so yeah, uh, I got Friday because that was the only day I could get. And and honestly, the tickets were so expensive that uh, at the time I didn't know Roger was going to retire. It didn't seem right to spend that much right. money. Obviously, if I knew it was going to be his last event, I would have sold my right arm and leg to be probably there every all three days or maybe at least Friday and Sunday. Um. But so I'm going to be there on the first day, not his last day, but I'm sure it's still going to be super amazing and special. And um, I feel like it's a little bit of, you know, it's a little serendipitous or kismet, you know, that anyone who knows me knows what Roger means to me. Well, and you bought the tickets and everyone was excited because on Team Europe, it was going to be the first time that... All four of the you know top players from this era, Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer, and Andy Murray were going to be together again. So, well, I shouldn't even say it again. Have they ever been together? I don't. No, they have never. N- so, they never yeah, have. Was... So, I mean, it was just insane that they're all going to be there at this one event. Which, you know, that's what the Labor Cup. That's why the Labor Cup is so special. It just creates this incredible uh, camaraderie and also challenge and uh, these matches that could never happen and also this 
you know, team mentality. It's just such a huge, huge success that Roger came up with and his team. And, you know, we, we thought this was the road to his comeback, right? We thought this was going to be his first kind of ease into coming back to tour, playing again. He was going to play in Basel. That was confirmed as well. Um, so some people were speculating maybe Basel, his hometown, would be his last tournament as well. Of course, there was that speculation. And wow. Yeah, I think we just we just spoke about that in our last episode. Right. Where we were talking about Serena. We kind of talked about Roger, and, and you and I were trying to guess, you know, what was going to happen. So Right. And for him... Uh, it was definitely quite a shock, you know. Yeah, very much so. So sad. I really was like uh, in shock because uh, it really feels like a lot of my motivation for and inspiration for tennis is really, you know, Roger and watching him play and seeing him on court and, you know, driving to Indian Wells just to try to see him and <laughs> all of that. And I think, you know, it, it's going to be a big, big transition for all of these major players. And, you know, Nadal's not that young, right? Even Djokovic's not that young. So there's a huge seismic shift happening within the world of tennis. There sure is. And the era is ending. I did think it was really beautiful that Roger, in the follow-up to his retirement announcement, he actually posted pictures of the, a beautiful picture of him and Mirka sitting together. And he said that he got to share the retirement moment with Mirka, the kids, and also his parents. And so he sent pictures to the interweb of, you know, those closest to him that he shared moments with. And they were beautiful. And that was very heartwarming. Yes. I mean, it really was. So I'm, I'm so curious uh, what it was like, you know, in the morning, what happened? Walk me through your morning. Cause it was, it was nine. I was already like awake and, and working by the time the alert, you know, dinged on my phone um but well i'm sure you already awake for two hours probably too but uh but walk me through your experience (laughs) what happened you know you saw it yeah so let's see i'm trading stocks in the morning so i get up like super early at four and um also checking you know the internet and socials and all that stuff so yeah we were in the middle of kind of a very important stock day because the 16th was this thing called quad witching, you know, really big event in stock history. And also the market had just dropped tremendously based on the CPI notes on the 13th. So everybody was like trembling because the stocks were down. So it really felt like a tsunami in my life. Like, wow, stocks are down, the markets are down, and now Roger Federer announces his retirement. It's like, can you just kick me harder? Oh, you know, <laughs> felt terrible, felt felt awful and then of course on social media you know everybody had those crying emojis on their twitter and you know suddenly so many people were um, tagging me and sending me messages saying he just announced his retirement he just is you know and and then all of the everybody was reposting uh, that and boy, so many people responded to it as well, which again just shows you like how powerful his influence is. And you know, when something like this happens, they really mm-hmm. come out for you, right? Yeah, 
So crazy. So that's a post that he put on Twitter um, already has 750,000 likes and has been retweeted 200,000 times and 25,000 people have left comments to him. And some of the comments were left by, you know, Rafa Nadal left a beautiful comment um, and Novak Djokovic and, and and Serena and Venus and so many people uh, have commented. Andre Agassi, Roger actually responded to Andre. Andre said, your game and your spirit taught us how beautiful tennis can be played, Roger Federer. Every moment you shared has left us all better off. Thank you, RF, said Andre Agassi. And this is the day after on the 16th, Roger Federer retweeted that and commented himself. Means a lot, Andre. Loved our matches and miss you. And he put the praying hands on. So, so many people, an outpouring of love oh, for this beautiful. man. That's beautiful. I am not a Twitter person, so I didn't see Andre's message. Um, nobody posted that on Instagram that I saw. <laughs> but yeah, his Instagram uh, notice, which is how I saw it, because um, I got that. I'm obviously, as a Roger lover, I have alerts. So if he says, posts anything, it's it just alerts me. Um, that had, yeah, 3.2 million likes on Insta. And oh gosh, I just like when that Crazy. when that alert came up. And I clicked it and saw letterhead. I knew. And I was like, ugh, F, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I started reading. Yeah. And I was, I, was at, I was working at Starbucks. I was at Starbucks working on my laptop. And I just had a full-blown meltdown. <laughs> you know, we all know, knew this day was coming, right? He hasn't played in years. Um so you kind yeah. of like were ready or you thought, I thought I was ready, you know, you're prepping for it. And then it happens and it's real and you're forced to just ha feel all the feelings and think about what he meant to you, what he meant to tennis, what he means, I should say, you know, it's not like he's dead, but uh <laughs> Oh, sure feels like it. No, in fact, I think I, I called someone and was like, oh my God, I got the worst news in the world. And they were like, what happened? Like something happened personally. And I was like, no, it's like, you know, it's not like someone personal in my life, but it's the most important person. And they were like, to Roger Federer didn't die. I would have heard about that. <laughs> like, Right. Did he retire? And I'm like, yeah, you know, obviously, you know me well, like, if I say, <laughs> it's not someone in my personal life, but they mean that much. Um, it's probably everyone's first thought that knows me. Um, I, th I was trying to uh, explain to a coworker. <laughs> the significance of Roger in my life. And I was like, I can't even name the amount of family events or you know, that I missed for Roger. I, you know, I, I definitely scheduled right. my life around him, um, his matches, yeah. any of, and the higher the caliber of a match, the more I was like, well, you know, you're getting, I'll see the pictures of your wedding, you know. 
<laughs> or like, it, or you know, your birthday, you'll have another one next year. Uh, it was definitely like you better have died, and then I'll come to the viewing. But I might miss the funeral. I don't know, right? Like, <laughs> it was uh, yeah. it was so significant, yeah. right? Um, I I messed up countless relationships by choosing Roger over my significant <laughs> other, you know, um, and and I, you know, it's just. Uh, for a tennis fanatic and a Roger lover, or as Brad Gilbert would say, Fed fan, uh, <laughs> there just there just isn't. Well, I mean, Valerie, you have his tattoo. I do on have your his body. logo tattooed and etched forever. I will. I you know, with the purpose that this dude is going to my grave. And actually, it's funny. So when people do say things like. Like, because, you know, I've, I've spent, how long he's been playing? I've only been following him since his eighth, he was on Grand Slam eight when I was like, who's this guy? Oh my gosh, I'm in love. Like with the tennis, I must be his number one fan. Like, uh, (laughs) I must start, you know, missing work and scheduling my life around this person (laughs) to to watch them at any opportunity I can. And, um... I I do truly feel like um, I missed so many life opportunities with real humans in my life, but I would, and they would get upset and I'm like, but <laughs> like, I just need you to understand how much this like means, Be- like I, I, it meant enough for me to tattoo him on my body. <laughs> this isn't just like, <laughs> oh, you know, I like, it's not like, it's not like Serena. It's not, I love Serena. It's not like Maria Sharapova who I would probably, I was just asked recently, who's your favorite female player of all time? And I was like, I probably would have to say Sharapova. But like, it's it's not like that. Roger, my love for Roger has transcended kind of the sport. Um, I do think that he is our beloved. Um, I don't think that our sport has ever seen anyone like Roger and will ever see anyone like Roger. Um and I think he's fully yeah. s- responsible yeah. for creating the golden era of tennis, you know? Um, he definitely loved the way, set the pace, and everybody had to catch up, right? And they they have done that. Nadal has passed him. Djokovic has passed him. But what an incredible era to play. And, yeah, it was just like you. Um, there were so many nights, especially Australian Open, right? You have to stay up 3 oh, o'clock, yeah. 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> It, for Californians. It was the worst. Sometimes <laughs> to see like, those yeah, Roger matches. Because I think at like 1 a.m. was or midnight is the start time. It's like 10 a.m. the next day over yeah. there. Or like yeah. 10 a.m. like date <laughs> a day and a half ahead. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I really look at those matches so fondly because I was live tweeting at the same time as Roger was playing and just the hundreds, actually thousands of people who would tweet Roger's matches at the same time. We'd all share and every moment, every miss, every shank, you know, every miss break point opportunity (laughs) that he was so famous for, you know, every ace. Uh, And for me, I only started in 2008. So it really was so late into the game when I started really uh, following Roger. And it was so sad. I wish I had known earlier, you know. 
But I do, as a coach, also show every one of my students this is how to serve. And there's so many great slow motion. Roger Federer serves super slow motion forehands, you know. And uh, it's he is he is the one. He is the one. And Valerie, you and I saw him together yes. in person. We did. We did. <laughs> we waited hours. We waited hours at the practice court at Indian Wells. Do you I remember? do. I do because that was uh, bleacher days. Right? Bleacher days. And they, they had like the half fence at the courts, which was amazing. And he would always, uh, I think because he knew he was uh, going to sign autographs for fans and stuff, he would always pick the, 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 what was it? Number two court, I think it was, on practice. And wow, you know, we sat out there for hours. <laughs> and then for the, like him. the little that half white picket fence would like get crushed and fall over because everyone's like pushing and screaming <laughs> like Elvis Presley is there. <laughs> well, he Roger is the king. <laughs> I do. I, that's funny. I've been using that term a lot because I do really feel like it's very fitting. Um, I one of my favorite. Yeah. Um, Facebook groups of all time is is called um, and on the seventh day, God created Roger or something like that. <laughs> because yes, because that's a that's a famous uh, fan sign that was held up right at one of his matches. Uh, and on the seventh day, God created Roger Federer. That one, and uh, I love Roger more than free Wi Fi. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that one. I mean, I feel like the, I feel like the. <laughs> the best is all has and always will be, you know, like shh, genius at work. Um, yes, genius at work. But yes, oh, exactly. how he's touched the lives. I mean, I just don't think that. I just don't think that there'll ever be someone who is so beloved, who you know, unanimously is loved, and a home court everywhere in the world. I think. I think the only place that he might not be. 51% or more favorite is like in Belgrade against Djokovic or in Mallorca or Barcelona against Nadal. Like everywhere else, even if he's playing a hometown person, he's still the favorite, the crowd favorite. Not Yeah, you know. yeah that's so true. Well, speaking of Rafa Nadal, uh, I have to read the bromance tweet from him. Uh, I think it's so appropriate and you were saying, you know, we wish this day would never come. And that's exactly what Rafa said. He actually took two tweets to say all that he wanted to say. Dear Roger, my friend and rival, I wish this day would have never come. It's a sad day for me personally and for sports around the world. It's been a pleasure, but also an honor and a privilege to share all of these years with you, living so many amazing moments on and off the court. Second tweet, we will have many more moments to share together in the future. There are still lots of things to do together. We know that. For now, I truly wish you all the happiness with your wife, Mirka, your kids, your family, and enjoy what's ahead of you. I'll see you in London at the Labor Cup. Hashtag Labor, uh, uh, ampersign Labor Cup. So he tagged it. Um, and then, of course, after that, everyone started 
tweeting all of the <laughs> bromance pictures of Rafa at the the Labor Cup where he and Roger were, you know, um, jumping. And- oh, when Nadal ended Federer's career with a broken back? No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Nadal, you know, was so happy that Roger won the match and uh, secured the win for Team Europe. Rafa came running out and passionately jumped. I mean, like dirty what, dancing three feet status into no. the air, <laughs> <laughs> into Roger's arms, and I was shocked that Roger held him up there. Yeah. You know, it was amazing because that was a lot. And then there's just a flood of pictures of the two together, and of course, you know the. The, the classic uh, commercial that they tried oh, to make Oh, gosh, where they couldn't stop giggling. <laughs> they couldn't stop giggling, and they were laughing and laughing. And, of course, that, you know, went viral as well. It brought it all back. And everybody's saying, I'm trying not to cry. You know, I'll never forget this. And so many great pictures together. It just really is graceful and elegant and beautiful that these two rivals i mean at one point i was like so angry at nadal because i just couldn't stand that he was beating my man right Mm -hmm. he was beating him badly and it was just but i think roger taught us like you know don't hate your enemy right respect your enemy and uh, i really feel like his values uh have led the way for me and in the way that i try to play tennis and try to honor and respect those people I play. And I think that all of that stems from Roger. You know, if I was following a different uh, player, I'm sure my attitude would be different. Totally. Totally. I mean, he, he has, he has given the sport so much um, in terms of lessons on how to, you know, be great on lessons on greatness. Right. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, so much. And I'm just so grateful, Valerie. We got to share that moment together. We got to see Roger live in person together. I love that. I love that we got to do that. I actually got, saw Roger two times before that, of course, all at Indian Wells. Uh, the first time I waited four hours at a tennis warehouse meet and greets. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how. Oh, yeah, it was a, a person on Twitter named Federer Fans 7 who tweeted me and told me that there was going to be a special Roger thing. And he somehow knew that before everyone knew and announced it. So he sent me the tweet. So I went straight to Tennis Warehouse and then I waited, you know, their on-campus um, mm-hmm. tent house that they have, yeah. tent store. So uh, I waited there and I got there and there was already a line of like 120-ish people or something. I think I was like 130 something and they only let in 150 people to meet him. So, and I had, once I got in line, then I had to wait four hours for, for the time. And people, even though they they kept telling everybody, there's only 150 people are going to see him, the line went around the building. People just were like, just hoping against hope, even though they said, you're not going to see him. 
they just stood in line with us. And it was the best time because they were all Fed fans, of course. And so I just sat there and talked and met a family that had flown from India, like a husband and wife, two kids, uh, one teenager, one younger. And, you know, we were talking the whole time about Roger and how much we love tennis. And I asked them about tennis in India. And there has just been in my life this amazing camaraderie with anyone who loves Roger Federer, which, you know, has led to... Uh, 12,000 followers on Twitter and most of them are Roger Federer fans because we all connect about our love and passion for tennis and for Roger Federer and it's just been nonstop. So when I got to see him there at Indian Wells, I brought with me my RF shirt. It was kind of an army green RF shirt. I don't know if you remember that one. I don't. And I brought a <laughs> silver marker for him to sign and finally, after hours and hours, it's probably like hour five, I got to meet him. I was like such an idiot blubbering, like, I love you, Roger. <laughs> You're my favorite, you know. I was like totally starstruck. Uh, he took my shirt from my hands. He like put it on the table. He said, thank you so much. He was just so gracious. He straightened out the shirt, you know, very clean and... And he signed it, and then he asked me a couple of questions, you know. And even though it was probably, what, less than a minute, I could tell that he really was intentionally trying to respect me and show me love and appreciate the fact that I was his fan. And even though there was thousands of people standing in line, uh, I really felt like he cared about me in that moment and it changed my life. I went home and I told everyone I met Roger Federer. Oh. <laughs> I felt like it was a miracle. It was That's beautiful. Incredible. I love that you said that he made a point to like acknowledge like you, you're there, you exist, you're his fan. He appreciates you. I yeah. can't tell you how many yeah. conversations I had with exes that were like, he doesn't even know you exist or care. And I was like, that's not true, <laughs> damn it. He may not know, like me personally, that I exist, but he knows he has fans and he cares about us, damn it. <laughs> and it was it was such like an argument. It was so funny. Um, but I do think that is what, I mean, why he is so beloved too, because he does really care about his fans and he always showed that and he always took the extra time to be accessible, accessible, <laughs> and um, and just so gracious in everything that he did. Yeah, uh, I think I didn't get to meet or talk to him. I didn't get a, a that experience, which sounds lovely. Uh, but I did. I, I remember like the first year I went to Indian. Maybe it was the first. No, I think because I used to go every year um, with friends and I don't think we ever really cared to like try and get autographs. We just would watch practices and then go watch matches. But the first year I went without my friends and I went alone, I went to get Roger's autograph and I remember like there was a little kid in front of me and he was putting his, and I could have totally put put my yeah. hat out in front of the kid because I had longer arms, but I'm not a horrible, mean monster. So I let the kid get a, the autograph and then Rod, that was the last one Roger signed. Oh. He left. And I remember calling my mom and I was like on the verge of tears. Like I, I just yeah. didn't get it because 
he stopped after the kid. Like I would have got it, but I let the kid have it. I was like having this moral dilemma. Like, should I have just pushed the kid aside? No, <laughs> for my moment. But and but thankfully, I didn't have to do that. Actually, I think it was like the next day or the next year. I went and he did sign my hat. And then I was like, okay, see, like you got it. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about it. But my favorite thing, my favorite memory about Roger at Indian Wells was um, back in the day, many, many moons ago, before they had the stands at the practice courts um, and fences everywhere, everything was open. And like, you could just walk on the practice court with Roger. There was no security. There was no fences. Um, I don't know if you you know the the practice courts at the the lower level, um, like behind court two or stadium two, where they have like three concrete steps down to the court. Oh yes. Uh-huh. Now they have those. Usually they have little fences, so you could sit on the concrete steps, but you can't actually go on the court. Well, right. before they didn't have any fences, so you, wow, we would just sit amazing. on the concrete steps. And I and I remember sitting there for an hour or two, watching him practice. And Mirka was sitting there practicing, um, or not practicing, watching his practice. And I got some. This was so long ago; like I didn't even have a cell phone. Like I had a camera with me, like a with uh, film, you know, that I had to go develop and. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I have all these like developed printed out pictures of Roger. He was I just remember he had like a red shirt with like a black spider on it. Um Oh wow. And I don't think I've seen those, Valerie. You have to show them to me. Oh yeah. I've been I've been meaning to like make a little personal post like on Insta for yeah. uh, for Roger, but uh it's kind of surreal. It's kind of I don't want to say it's embarrassing, but I was gonna use the word because it is kind of embarrassing. I honestly, if I think about it too much, I literally will break down and start oh, having like, yeah, I, yeah. you know, like it's so, um, it's so sad, right? Like I, I just, oh, what do you do when you've like dedicated your passion <laughs> and revolved your life around this person? And then they're like, okay, like, I guess I could just rewatch all his career matches. No. <laughs> And you ha- you do see that right now, like people are uploading tons of Roger Federer matches, and I just recently rewatched his last title in Basel. No, it must have been Halle because Halle was twenty twenty one, yeah. And then after that, he played Wimbledon. So yeah, it must have been Halle. Sorry, I thought it was Basel. But well, yeah, it's it was- interesting. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, just just that there are so many videos uh, uploading right now, and people are, you know, really creating that catalog for all of us to remember him, and and even personal videos and pictures of people who have met him and played with him. And I love what you shared, Valerie, because I think, you know, it is, you know, we all find joy in something, right? And for you and I, we found joy in Roger Federer, and it really was inspiration for me for 10 years plus, uh, having something to look forward to, having a reason to bond with other people, and really enjoying the beauty of his tennis. So, and you and I connected because of him. <laughs> yeah, for sure, right? I mean, our, our friendship. we met so long ago, and this was a huge bonding uh, agent for us. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, thank you, Roger, for my friend Valerie that you you brought us together and so many people in our lives. So, 
you know, I think we, we have a lot to be thankful for, but you were going to say. Oh, I was going to point out because you mentioned Halle. And so I know we didn't, we wanted to kind of have a more heartfelt personal experience for this podcast, which is super great. I just happened, I wasn't sure where we were going. So I just Googled really quick, like, I'm just going to look up some stats, you know, and see if anything interesting pops up. And, you know, there's like a six bullet point type of thing I came, I found, uh, came across. Yeah, sure. And one of the cool things, uh, speaking just like in regards to grass, um, is that he had 65 straight wins on grass from the, from the year 2003 to the year 2008. Wow. Like, that is pretty insane. That he didn't lose for virtually five years. Or wow. let's say four and a half, you know, not knowing exactly how that went. But um, that's that's pretty amazing. And he was, gosh, he was like... I think the other day I was just think reliving all the times Rogers literally made me cry. Um, and the last time I really, really cried was championship point <laughs> Wimbledon, <laughs> you know, it was like 40, 15. And I remember I was driving down the freeway cause I couldn't watch it. And I remember I was crying tears of joy because I was like, he's going to friggin' win. This is going to happen. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I can't believe it. Like he has two ser- first serves, like, to win this championship. Oh and then gosh. like when it oh didn't happen, like the devastation. <laughs> oh I was like in mourning for like a week. That was one of the worst losses ever. Um, but yeah, it's, I remember when he would lose certain big matches, like my family would seriously check on me because they would be like, is she, is she okay? And I was like, no, no, I'm not okay. Like this, it hurts so much. Like, why? I don't know. It's a, it is such a for me, and I, and I'm not alone. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. There's millions and millions of fans around the world who were so emotionally invested in in him. Yeah, his success. You know. Uh, and with just wanting to see that beautiful game of his be rewarded with titles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we we had just finished the U.S. Open, and Roger was actually the last male player to win U.S. Open back-to-back. It just is stunning the success that he had there compared to other players. And uh, something that came out of the U.S. Open, of course, was Carlos Alcaraz winning. And Carlos was very clear that he considers himself to be, you know, someone who plays like Federer. I mean, he actually tweeted uh, describing himself. I know everybody thinks, oh, he's like a Nadal copy, but he actually described himself as, uh, you know, I play like, I I try to play like Roger Federer. Yeah, he's um, aggression, right? Exactly, Um, his aggressive style. An offensive game, and I think... Yeah, that's that's so cool that I heard that stat when I was watching the US Open. They were like, Nobody's defended their title since Roger Federer. And there was a, at some point I think he won like five in a row. Um which was great, but it's I th- I mean, I do think it had a lot to do with um the speed of the court, right? The US Open used to be the fastest. Uh, right. and it's it was very it was probably the most similar to grass in turn and it very much favored his aggressive game style. So yeah. um I think also they actually did change the US Open courts. Over the last several years they've slowed them down. Um right. and I that's when Roger kind of they slowed down Wimbledon too. And so it's kind of 
amazing that he was able to still be successful at those tournaments. But I just think like, had they not slowed down the grass and us open, like how many more titles would he have won? Because he definitely was a player who dominated on indoor or fast surfaces, right? Like that was his, yeah, you know, his forte. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're on your way to London, right? Uh, when are you leaving? Um, three days Wednesday. Also, I will, um, I will leave LA Wednesday. I will arrive in London Thursday. I will get, I will try to get the best amount of sleep as I possibly can. So that when I wake up Friday morning, I'm off and running and to ready to have, uh, the best and most emotional day of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine when he walks out on court? On that Friday. I, oh it's going to be insane. He's captured 102 singles titles, the ATP World Tour here in Championships, a record six times, as well as 28 Masters, 1,000 trophies. He owns an all-time record, 20 majors. The Australian Open in 4, 6, 7, 10, 17, and 18. I am certain that I am going to scream so loud I won't be able to talk for days. <laughs> I will. I am certain that it's my body will pay prices for this <laughs> event. <laughs> oh my gosh, Valor, I can't believe you're going to be there. Please, please record that moment on your phone. I mean, just the audio, the video, anything so that we can yeah. share it with you. I mean, I'll definitely be watching, of course, on television or whatever, I, wherever I can find it. But wow, what a moment to be there. And you're, you're a true fan, true yeah, I mean, I don't think that anybody would ever dare to uh, question <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the question is, is he going to play, right? We just don't know what the status of his knee is. Yeah, I mean, I and I almost wonder, like, does he maybe just play doubles? Yeah. You know, we'll see. I mean, I guess the good news is about Friday is that if he does try to play on Friday and then decides like, I can't do it. Like at least maybe I got to see that. Um, but we'll see, you know, who knows? I'm, I'm not going to, uh, tie my joy to a specific outcome. I am going to just go and be very, very grateful Yeah, that I get to be part of the moment, a moment that like, Honestly, what's what's funny is, was it me and you or I feel like it was Nicholas maybe who told our Rafa reporter who said something like, oh, if Roger was retiring, would you go to his last match? And I was like, no, it's fine. Like, I've seen him play a lot. I saw him for 12 years straight at Indian Wells. Like, 
I'm good. Uh, and I saw him at the U.S. Open as well in wow. 2009. So um, where I actually bought like $500 worth of gear, I, I'll never forget. <laughs> well, I'll get back to that. Cause, but basically, I, I was saying like, no, I'm not going to go to his last match. And then like when the announcement came and it was like Labor Cup and I realized like I'm going to be somewhat at the last event, like I was just, I felt so much happiness or relief just being like, I'm glad it worked out this way because I, I probably wouldn't have like made a point to try and get if he had announced like, oh, I don't know, Miami's going to be my last tournament next year. Like, I don't know if I would have have done it. I don't know how would I have gone and made a point to like be there. Um, I felt like this is the way that it needed to happen. And I'm, I just feel so, so lucky. But uh, just to wrap up the U.S. Open, I at Indian Wells, for those who have never been, there's always like, like Philip was sharing in his story, there's the tennis warehouse <laughs> tent and it has a bunch of stuff in there like tennis gear and tennis balls and all kinds of like um, stuff. And it had, it would always had player per- apparel and it would, you'd have like maybe one Roger shirt and one Roger hat and one Rafa shirt and one Rafa hat. And I went to New York to the U.S. Open and I went to the apparel stand to like get my one shirt and my one hat and there was like six shirts and like 15 hats and a poster and a two jack or in a jacket and I was like oh my gosh <laughs> I literally just <laughs> told the person I want one of everything in medium and <laughs> one hat in every single color yeah. um, and I'll take that poster and I'll take that jacket and it's oh the jacket is my beloved like my most beloved belonging clothing wow. item it's the black with the red striped sleeves wow um, and the white it has a white RF on the crest or whatever yeah um, and that jacket is just so spiffy it is just to this day like the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen I, I love it um, <laughs> it, it only comes out like on special occasions I don't <laughs> don't wear it that often uh, but yeah, I just, and then I had a, uh, my friends, we, I put all the merchandise out on the hotel bed and laid down with it. And my friends took a picture and it's like one of my favorite pictures of all time because that is so it, cool. it is I can't really wait to see all this stuff. We got, we, we got to have a, a Roger party and take video. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll bring yes. all my stuff and you can bring yours. <laughs> totally. You know what we should do is we should like. We should watch all his 20 Grand Slam final oh, wins wow. or something. Yeah. yeah, except 2019. I can't. I just can't do it. Wait, 2019? Isn't it 2019? Isn't that the year that Djokovic beat him? Oh, I, I said his 20 Grand Slam wins, but... Oh, wins, I, uh, okay. Yeah, I okay. certainly wasn't trying to uh, relive... <laughs> <laughs> relive uh, the trauma and pain of uh the losses <laughs> no i'd like to rewatch the the um was it 16 14 fifth set wimbledon against roddick where <laughs> oh yeah yeah classic. um where all my friends who are roddick fans we watched together and they were just devastated it was amazing yeah. um do you have philip if like you could think of like your most memorable Federer match Oh, definitely. 2017 Australian Open has to be. I mean, the miracle, right? The comeback. Yeah. And then that whole year where he he won the, 
the Sunshine Slam in you know Miami and uh, Indian Wells, and he was just on fire. His backhand was unstoppable. He he had this amazing record against Rafa that year. It was it was like everything, every dream came true. I, and I think a lot of Federer fans felt like after that big comeback and that big year, it's like. Hey, now we're happy. We're done. We're good. You know, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody wanted uh, anyone to pass Rogers Grand Slam titles, but uh, which is just stunning, isn't it? That anyone could even pass him. Uh, that Djokovic and Nadal have more Grand Slam titles, and that they can do it. It's just insane that they can mm-hmm. do it. And yeah. we were talking like. You know, John McEnroe, four or five, you know, uh, Pete Sampras, seven, eight. You know, it's just like, what? It's just incredible that they're at 20, 21, 22 now. That's incredible. Three of them like that. And now Alcaraz has one at 18 or 19. Sorry, 19. 19. So. But, uh, you know, without without the other guys playing. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I I think it's so interesting that they're all going to be there for Roger's send-off as well. So I wonder what it feels like for them, right? For Sitsipas yeah. to be there, for obviously his his bromance Rafa to be there. I mean, how special for them? How does Novak feel being there, you know, at the retirement? I think it's just going to be a love fest, right? Yeah, for sure. And I've just signed me up, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's already, like, every time he plays somewhere, it kind of already is a love fest, you know? Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> Him and Rafa uh, in, what was it, Mexico, that had the the record for most attendance? Crazy. Yeah. 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 Oh. So hopefully he'll do more exhibitions after. He'll keep doing amazing things uh, for Africa and for his foundation and you know i'll still be following and i'll still be wearing rf for many years to come and i'm gonna wear it as a badge of pride even if people don't even remember roger the fact that i get to be a part of the elite club the farther away we get from this moment i feel like the more elite it is you know yes for sure in fact i was thinking like i need to get more hats like like just as you start thinking i don't know like dooms doom and gloom in terms of like at what point does Uniqlo stop producing? Like, how right. how long does this stay relevant? And I need to make sure we always have them. I don't right. want to be having to search eBay and paying $800 for something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> In like 15 years when we want to pay homage to our Roger at Indian Wells. I uh, Just when I was watching the U.S. Open and um, the French... I just like always am searching, scanning the crowds for the RF hats because he hasn't yeah. played in, like we've said, he hasn't played in years. And but they're still, always and everywhere. And you still see them, yeah. yeah and everywhere. I love that. Yeah. It makes me so happy. Yeah. And I've had so many moments where like, I think it was in New Orleans on vacation and there was a, a lady who saw my hat and she said, hey, RF, that's cool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, it like, just... Let's be best friends. What's your phone number? What's exactly. Your, you I just feel like it brings, you know, the Federer fans connect and it's just like the best people. So uh, maybe every fandom feels that way, but I, I definitely feel that way about Federer fans. Yes. So good. <laughs> Valerie, have an amazing, amazing trip. I can't wait to hear all about it. I hope 
you'll text me some pictures and stuff while you're there. And and if anyone wants to connect, I think, Valerie, you're open to meeting with other people, right? When you're oh, out there. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, call out, shout out to all Fed fans if you want to meet with uh, Valerie while she's in London. I'm going to put it on my Twitter, too, and you're, <laughs> you're going to get some response. You got to reawaken your Twitter because that's where they all live. I don't even know how to use Twitter, which is why I don't, which is why I've gotten rid of it. I get, I don't even like admitting this. I feel so embarrassed, <laughs> but it's, well, I get, it's yeah. like, I don't under, I'm like, what is this? I don't know how to read this retweet or this thing. I'm like, <laughs> I got myself so backwards and confused on that. Well, I'll be yeah. your Federer fan broker then. I'll, <laughs> there I'll, we go. Be, I'll be your medium and your conduit. So yeah. Oh my you gosh. Can, you I'm can screen them and then send them my way. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm so, so, so jealous. And I just hope it's just the most beautiful moment. I, in fact, I'm sure it's, it will be. I mean, he's so good at planning. His team is so great at putting all these things together. And, you know, I'm sure Mirka's going to be there. Wow. You know, and the kids. Maybe and the, the kids. Yeah. I think so. Right. I mean, it's that moment. So, wow. Yeah. So nice. You know what I just thought of? Um, you can always, if you do get people who are interested in meeting up, um, I have a tennis pal email they can contact. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. I. We could figure out what that is and put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just Valerie at Tennis Pal. I think it is. Com. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll yeah. test that out to make sure it's working in the and. Uh, and then I'll, if you want, I'll use that. Yeah, because I would love for you to connect to all these incredible friends that I constantly chat with. So you could be my conduit. That would be really cool. Awesome. Well, thank you, well, Valerie, for sharing this moment and this this moment of sadness and joy, tearful joy, tearful sadness. And, um, you know, for all the years that we've enjoyed Roger, and we're going to enjoy him many years to ahead, but... It's just, I think it's going to be harder to access him, right? We're not going to see pictures and interviews and all of that. And that's, that's, that's hard, right? That's a little bit sad. Yeah, I have a feeling, and especially with his, you know, I'm not leaving tennis comment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think he can get too far away from the game because he does have such a deep appreciation and love for the game. Um, yeah. I'd, I would not be surprised if Fed doesn't end up doing some commentary and maybe not like following the entire tour but and maybe not being like Pam Shriver or like Mary Jo Fernandez Brad Gilbert John McEnroe status in terms of being at like all the events but I feel like he'll sit on some podiums and he'll <laughs> he'll he'll do some something where we still get to feel his presence in the game you know that would be so great if he did yeah so great yeah. Well, he definitely doesn't need to. <laughs> no, but I think like um, he's he loves the game and he'll be interested, you know. Yeah. Um, and he'll want. I actually do think he'll want his opinions and ideas to be heard. Mm. I don't think he want he's ready to be gone. He just knows he can't play anymore. Right. right. You know. So I think like he's still gonna want to be part of the club and involved and interacting. Yeah. In some capacity. Yeah. Well, I think it's appropriate to 
shout out that Roger Federer is one of the very few people that have served over 10,000 aces on tour. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And may all your 10,000 serves know. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we'll end with that. and, And just best wishes for your flight and your travel. That all goes well, Valerie. And can't wait to have an update from you when you get back and uh, just wish I could be with you I'm so glad that you're going to be there at that moment it's just so powerful thank you so much I can't wait to tell you all about it thanks everyone for listening and uh, we just hope that you'll tell your friends about Tennis Pal Chronicles if you enjoy it Uh, make sure you visit lovesatmatch.net which is where we post all the show notes and the blog and you can also find out about tennis here in Southern California Visit our really good friends, TennisPal, at TennisPal.com. Download the app and find awesome people to play with, just like Valerie can. Oh, yeah. May all your serves be Rogers. Be aces. Aces. How blessed is this sport to have Roger Federer. What an ambassador. He is remarkable on the court. I think in years to come, he's going to prove himself to be even more remarkable off the court.
He's relaxed. He's relaxed. He sees it up. Okay, just regroup. Tennis, extra way to shot coming from the racket of Federer. There he's played this shot well where he's got Six out four, wide. Four. Dead Federer to go down the line. The semi-final is level against the trend. Roger Federer has found a way once more. And we're going to go to at least four. It's taken one hour and 43 minutes, one set apiece. opening game of the second set isn't it by Federer I mean that drop shot and then this uh, half volley the great Lou Hode would have been proud of this one it really has and look at the faces we call this a theatre this is fantastic entertainment 
it has been for such a long period of time for Roger Federer, even when he was first coming onto the tour, and he was shot selection-wise maybe not as good as he is now, obviously. But he was still such a talent, such an excitement to watch. He brought something to the game of tennis that has been rarely seen before. What a read. 